By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. See, there's the advice right there, Shelly. Take your little finger and point it in the mirror, and now you know who the star is on the show. It's you. I don't think that's what she meant. Yeah, she says, take your little finger and point it in the mirror, and then you'll know who the star of BS.show is. And it ain't Brad. It's Shelly. Of course it is. Everybody wants to hear Shelly. Nobody wants to hear me. Actually, that's not completely accurate. Everybody <laughs> wants to hear Shelly. Shelly's the star. Shelly's the star. Although... Yesterday, the star of the show was Mark McCluskey, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Indeed he was. Oh, man. Talking about feedback. You know, two back-to-back great interviews. Jim yeah, Buffero. it was a really good show yesterday. Jim Buffero, who uh, gave the background story of, uh, what, just another old Lang Syne or another old Lang Syne, whatever it is, uh, the uh, Dan Fogelberg song, which is turned out to be a Christmas classic. I think they play it once an hour on KZK. And then we had Shelly and I, there's this picture of Mark McCloskey. Turns out he put the picture up. I thought it was, I thought it was the Riverfront Times. Apparently it was on his Facebook page. His, he celebrated his 66th birthday. I feel dumb because I asked him how old he was and yet it's right there on the post. If I would have read the entire post. Way to post, go, Brad. It says, I'm celebrating my 66th birthday today in the gym. And, and he, He's got his shirt off, and he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I mean, he's... he does. But the ad, the story also said that it was from the Riverfront Times. Well, I I don't know. I, I it, it was on his Facebook page. Maybe he put it. Maybe he put it up somewhere maybe else. Maybe he shared it from the Riverfront Times. I don't know. I don't know. It's a picture of him. We didn't believe it was him. We thought it was photoshopped. We called him on the phone. He answered like he always does at 7.30 in the morning, and he gives us a great interview. It tells us it's him. See, I can't help but think that he would have been the better choice for a senator. I mean, I have to tell you, you know, he's exactly right. Once you've seen behind the curtain how politics are, are uh-huh. where, where you have the party. You're never the same, well, ever. Well, the, the party anoints someone, literally anoints someone. You can have five. See, that's that's the interesting thing. This is the whole issue with Donald Trump. The whole issue with Donald Trump is that the Republicans' party didn't like him because he didn't play by the rules. He didn't play the game like everybody else was supposed to do. And the Democrats hated him because of the fact that he really didn't play by the game and he made them look stupid. You know, I mean, I mean, you go back to some of those debates where he's calling, he's calling all different names, you know, uh, low energy Jeb, you know, you know I mean, it's like, it's like, it's so funny because of the fact that that's not what you expect for some guy from running for president. Now, the problem is he's become a character and I don't, I think he has a, about the same chance of, of being elected the president, even though he says he's back in the, the race for 2024, he has the same chance of being elected president as I do, and that's slim and none. You know what I mean? Because he came out yesterday with his trading cards. Did you see this deal? He's got Donald Trump trading cards now. We do. Uh, yeah. I'm, Are I'm those thinking, like Pokemon? Well, <laughs> I don't. Who knows what they are? Some say they're real. Some say they're NFTs. I don't know. The whole thing is sort of bizarre. What's an NFT? Non-fungible token. You don't know what an NFT is? An NFT was one well, of these... Well, if I would have known it, I don't think I would have asked well, what it was. An NFT is one of these things that hit 
then now uh, people are going like, ah, I don't know about this. And NFT is part of the blockchain. You know what blockchain is all about? No. Blockchain is the basis for which cryptocurrency is based on. And it's some, I mean, to make it sort of easy to understand, it's some very, very, very highly encrypted uh, encryption code where they can only be one of them. So in other words, an NFT, you like, for example, uh, some of the sports guys did it where they took a picture of themselves, like, and, 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 you know, like, and, and, and they signed it and then they, and then they took that picture and they put it up on, uh, you know, as an NFT. So in other words, you have to process it. It's complicated. But then essentially somebody can buy it and you're the only person that has that. In other words, it's like a one-off. You can, you know, in other words, you're the only, or you can limit it to like 10 or 20 or 100 or 1,000 or something like that. And what's interesting, at first it came out and be like, oh my God, I'm buying an NFT. And once again, for me, it's sort of like, okay, if I'm going to buy something, I want to be able to hold it and touch it and feel it. I don't want to have it exist like in the metaverse or in, on the on the cloud or whatever. You know, if I buy a rare coin, I don't want a picture of the rare coin. I want the rare coin in my hand. You know what I mean? If I want, and especially things that like, you know, like cars and, and trucks and, you know, things that people collect, you know, uh, pipes. If you're like into their guy, a lot of guys who collect pipes, you know, although when's the last time you saw anybody smoke a pipe? Except for the kind of pipes that the people that, that Shelly hangs around with who are, you know, smoking. <laughs> really? <laughs> you she, actually have no idea what the kind of people I hang around when with. When she goes to, as my mom used to refer to, the opium dens. Did your mom ever talk about something? He's probably, he's probably. No, my mom, no. He's probably hanging out in the opium den. Opium den. I go, okay, where's that, mom? Well, you know, it's where these people get together and they use opium. Because back in the day, that and was... And they sit there and snap their hands and, <laughs> yeah. and hum kumbaya. <laughs> right, and, and they're like beatniks. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And snapping the fingers. Yeah. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. yeah, like the Dobie Gillis kind of thing. God, have we been, you know, have we been through some some changes as far as what's cool? Is Has the, has the, um, what's the term for it? Has the, uh, the um, not the yuppie, what's the other one? There you go, playing with your microphone again. Um What's the term for the the dudes who wear like the horn rim glasses and dress sort of not preppy? You know what I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of the term. Nerd. No, 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 no. They they don't they dress very stylish, but they're like a certain they they wear they wear a certain kind of clothes and and they act a certain way. They have they always carry messenger bags. Uh, what's the name for that? Come on, you don't know. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> uh, I'll think about it. Okay. Anyway, it's too early in the morning for my brain to function like that. Although, what, what, what? Use it in a sentence. Um, hipster, hipster, the hipster. That's what the hipsters. You know what the hipsters are? The hippy dippies. No, no. Don't you know what a hipster is? You've never heard that term before. I have, but here, let's look it up. Let's look up the official term. Yes, for let's do that. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, H-I-P-S-T-E-R, hipster. Okay. Hipsters are people that try too hard to be different and genuinely do think that they're being different by rejecting anything they deem to be too popular. Ironically, so many other people also try too hard to be different that they all wind up being the exact same. So hipsters aren't actually different at all. They're just people that are snobbier and more annoying about their taste in, quote, 
alternative things, which are all popular now thanks to the other hipsters. Hipsters pride themselves on liking things that no one else likes and normally only like them because they think no one else likes them and they're being unique. This is being delusional because all the other hipsters also like the same things. Um, Like, for example... basically, hipsters are delusional. Well, like, here it is in a sentence. Hipster, I love Mumford & Sons because they're so different to popular music. Uh, That's the... Here's another one. Hipsters are subculture of men and women, typically in their 20s and 30s, that value independent thinking, countercultural, progressive politics, an appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity, intelligence, and witty banter. The greatest concentration of hipsters can be found living in the Williamsburg, Wicker Park, and Mission District neighborhoods of major cosmopolitan centers such as New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, respectively. Although hipsterism is really a state of mind, it also intertwined with distinct fashion sensibilities. Hipsters reject the culturally ignorant attitudes of mainstream consumers and are often seen wearing vintage and thrift store-inspired fashions, tight-fitting jeans, old-school sneakers, and sometimes, sometimes, this is what I talk about, thick-rimmed glasses. I don't get... See, we've talked about this before. You have super attractive women who put on these goofy, stupid, thick-rimmed glasses, and I'm going like, what are you doing? That's like putting hubcaps from, you know, a 65 Rambler onto a Lamborghini. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you ruined the whole thing. And like, for example, I talked about the gal who's on, uh, uh, she's on Fox now. She used to be a VH1, a DJ, Kennedy. She just goes by the name Kennedy. Very attractive woman, okay? She wears these goofy, stupid glasses that look like, (laughs) matter of fact, there's a term for this. We talked about this once upon a time. There's the GI glasses. You know what the GI glasses were? I do not. Well, they were the glasses. There was a term. Hold on, let me look that up. There, there was a term. Uh, let me see if I can find this real quick. G-I-G-L-A-S-S-E-S. If you were a GI, especially like in the Vietnam era, uh, there was a term for them. Um, birth control glasses, BCGs, BCGs. You know why they were called? I have never heard that. You know why they were called birth control glasses? Why? Because if you wore them, there's no chance that you're going to procreate if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> get, get, Got get. it. <laughs> literally, they called them BCGs. Even if you were a two-bagger? In the military, literally, they were called BCGs. Here, let me read the thing. Is, is there a Wikipedia thing on that? GI glasses or eyeglasses issued by the American military to a service members uh, include the most common birth control glasses <laughs> and uh, GI uh, here, BCG glasses. Yes, that's what they're are. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, here here's here's a place that sells them. BCG glasses, also known as birth control glasses, are a nickname for some types of vintage eyewear styles that were seen as boring and unattractive. Approximately one hundred forty eight dollars to two hundred seventy eight dollars. Holy cow! <laughs> See, that's. <laughs> Okay, here's get the best deals on military issue glasses when you shop the largest VTGs, uh, 60s Bosch and Lom, black military issue GI eyeglass frames, Vietnam 46 to 24, approximately. Oh, God. BCGs. Uh, and, and there's a whole bunch of them. Vintage World War II glasses and goggles. Um, God, BCGs. <laughs> 
the military. Never heard of that before. The military. Ever. The military. My, my sophomore year of high school, I can still remember the guy's name, Mr. Azarolo. I mean, this was what was sort of interesting about the Vietnam War. My high school, my sophomore year of high school, that was when we started the day after after Labor Day, back in the day when things were done right at school. Um, Mr. Azarolo, what was interesting was five days before that, he was in Vietnam. Now, think about this for a minute. He was in the Army. He got out five days before the start of school. He, they, he ended up, and once again, he flew on a, a C-130 plane from Vietnam to Seattle, Washington. And the thing that was cool about Mr. Azarolo is, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm running by. We'll t- I'll tell this at the next break. Um, that <laughs> this, I still remember this because of the fact that how interesting that was that literally a guy who was my teacher five days before that first day of class he was being shot at in Vietnam, and bang, it's his day to go home, and he goes, he gets into, he tells the story. Well, I'll tell you the rest of the story in this break, okay? Is that okay with you? Yeah, yes. that's okay. Yes, I mean, are you sure you wanted to mention it next break? Because you mentioned it twice. Well, you know, I'll mention it next break, okay? Okay, <laughs> along with us, James Strong. What about James Strong? I don't know. We were going to talk about him yesterday. No, I'm sorry. We talked about Brian Nieves. Brian. Oh yeah, Brian Nieves. We'll 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 call him. We'll ambush call him this morning. See if he answers. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yes, it's six twenty nine. You can tell it's Friday because I'm playing that. You know, it's a little bit down tempo for a Friday song, but I have to tell you, Shelley. The first time I heard that song, I thought to myself, "What the hell was that?" (laughs) I actually think I heard that song coming back from Springfield to St. Louis. Um. When I was in school up there, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm listening to a Gregorian chant." Yeah, it's it's called Sadness, not Sadness, because if you look at the spelling, it's spelling. It's spelled S P A. Or what am I saying? S P A. I'm spelling spelling. It's spelling. <laughs> Listen to me. Sadness. S A D E N E S S. So if you take the E after the A, it should be a long vowel sound. So Sadness, part. Two, I believe it's officially referred to as, and I, I'm thinking to myself, is there a, no? Where's just, the part one? No, it's that is Satanist part one, and the group is it's actually one dude. It was like done in a castle in Switzerland, Enigma, and I think, and what's interesting about it is, is that it just has all these interesting sounds in it. It has the Gregorian chants, and then it has the that thing called an ocarina. Do you know what an ocarina is? I do not. That's the little, it's it's sort of like, I think it was based on like a seashell or something like that. Let me look that up. Um, like it's it's an ancient instrument. Aca, I spell it right. Ocarino. Uh, Ocarini. No, that's not it. Ocarini's pizza. <laughs> I thought it was a person. Ocarino. I don't know how to spell it. Anybody knows how to spell it? Text me, 314-280-8880. Um, here, it could be... It's, hey, it, Ocarina. Ocarina <laughs> comes up as uh, Holy Ghost Church of the East Africa. Uh, Ocarina. I have to look that up. Anyway, um, I thought... I thought what. And what's interesting was, here's the interesting thing. It became a huge disco hit, a dance hit, because... A couple of guys remixed it and speeded it up and made it into like sort of a medium tempo, sort of like slow dance on the dance floor kind of song. 
but it has that it just is like nothing else it's it's interesting it's sort of like it's sort of like a song you hear it's like the new song we're playing from Megan Trainer. There's two versions of the song, a full instrumental version, and there's a an, an acapella version, the one that we're playing. And when I heard the two versions, I go, I'm going to play the acapella version because I love acapella. You know, uh, and you know what? I haven't even played any of my favorite acapella group. Uh, they used to be a lady. What is it? Uh, this the I'm going to say KDNA, the the not the non the non non public the hippy dippy radio station down in down in Tower Grove or something like that, eighty eight one. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay, the hippy dip. You had it on hippy dippy radio station. Right, hippy dippy radio station. It's all a bunch of old hippies that run this radio station, and it's like a public. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it is. It's a bunch of old hippies. There are no young people there. It's all a bunch of old hippies. And there was a lady on Sunday morning when I used to go to work on Sunday morning. She was on, I think, from like 7 to 9 in the morning and was called all acapella. And all she did was play acapella music. And that's how I got to sort of really love acapella music. She played all sorts of crazy stuff. She played current songs that some groups had redone as acapella. Like, for example, the Megan Trainer thing, the song uh, Made You Look. Uh, you know, the, the, that is that is a, a full-blown, you know, produced song with instruments and drums and guitars and the whole bit. But then she did a special version, of which is just her and like five or six other people doing acapella. There's a version of, what's the other one that was like that? Um, and it's, um, and the, the group that we used to play one of their Christmas songs, uh, oh, you know, the, straight, there's no straight No Chaser. Straight No Chaser. That's the guys used to be the acapella group from one of the colleges. They were like, if you've ever watched the 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 movie with uh, what's her name in it, uh, I'm not. I'm doing real good this morning with what's her name. That, you sound like me, Brad. That, How does that feel? That movie, that what's her face movie, uh, Perfect Pitch, um, with uh, Anna Kendrick, and uh, that's what that movie was about. It was it was because there's these groups. I don't know if Mizzou has it or not. But they have both men's and women's, and they're a cappella groups. And then, obviously, there's the big one that's been sort of a big hit, gotten mainstream. And, you know, we, we play some of their stuff as well, too. Anyway, I love a cappella. But I'm trying to find Ocarino. Maybe it's OC. I'm, t- I'm doing a- OC Ocarino. Maybe it's Macarena. No. High quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh my God! Here we go. High quality ocarinas from STL Ocarina. <laughs> Here's a company here in St. Louis selling them. Let me look at the website. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here, I'll send you. I'll send you a picture of this. Uh, okay. They look like, like I was talking about. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to give you my email address. Just let me look at your website. Okay. They look like seashells, and they got holes drilled in them, and that's how you play. They're like a conch shell. Yes. Hold here. Hold here. Here we go. Here we go. This is all. I'll I'll play this. I'll probably get copyright violation on this one. Here we go. Hold it. I'll tell you what. I just let me plug my phone in here so I can just play this right on the air and I can play good quality. Okay, it's Christmas time, so I should be playing this kind of music anyway, but I'm not. Okay, hold on, man. Come on. Come on. That's an ocarina. And let me see. How expensive are they? Um, take this. 
A t- oh, my God, look at this. There's all sorts of crazy stuff on here. A 12-hole tenor ocarina with Zelda songbook. I want the Zelda songbook. There's the 12-hole tenor ocarina, the Phoenix. The new 12-hole plastic Zelda tenor ocarina in C major with Zelda songbook. The 12-hole note tenor ocarina dragon. The 12-hole told tenor ocarina sumi. There's the 12-hole tenor ocarina polygon. Did you? <laughs> this is you, you know what's interesting. Shelley talks about subcultures. Oh, get this. There's a six-hole bass geode, a geode ocarina in C major. Shelly talks about subcultures all the time. This is a, there sub- is a subculture this, with everything. This is a subculture. Uh, here's welcome to St. Louis STL Ocarina. We why should professional musicians have all the fun here at STL Ocarina? We believe everyone should enjoy the chances to make beautiful music. In 2005, STL Ocarina was established by professional musicians to provide the highest quality instruments to both the novice and experienced musician alike. Whether you are a seasoned professional or picking up an ocarina for the first time, it's our goal to provide you with all you need to continue improving. We are committed to helping each of you in your path to mastering the ocarina yes what i do i want to master the ocarina <laughs> you want something i didn't i didn't finish my story about the birth control glasses <laughs> no you didn't i was kind of thankful for that but we're going to circle back to it aren't we <laughs> you know only oh i was talking about my i'll tell you what we'll do it in the next break i'm talking about my high school teacher uh mr azarola okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> I had I had two teachers. Matter of fact, my my sophomore year of high school, I had two teachers. One of them who was five days earlier was slugging it out in the jungles in Vietnam, and the other one two weeks earlier was slugging out in the jungles. He was a Green Beret, and he got out of the army. And he was he ultimately became. I think I told you the story, Mister Linky. became ultimately became an assistant principal, and then at one of the chamber meetings. One of the O'Fallon chamber meetings about five or six years ago, a guy came up to me and said, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. And I go, I don't know if this is good or not. Turns out he was not, I never had him as one of my teachers, but he was one of my teachers in high school. And I started saying, you know, because he was like 10 years older than me. At the time, he was probably in his, you know, late 20s and middle to late 20s. And he was retired now the whole bit. And I started asking, what happened to blah, blah, blah. And I asked, what happened to Mr. Linky? Oh, he died. I go, well, really? He died at like 52. Uh, Agent Orange. He, you know, he had the, he'd got cancer from the Agent Orange because he was tra- right. he was tromping around in the jungles, jungles of Vietnam and the C-130s were dumping Agent Orange on it. But God, the things our military's gone through. No, I, you know, nobody appreciates the, 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 the sacrifices. Like your bonus daughter. The sacrifices that your bonus daughter has made through how long? 29 years in the Navy? Yes, it has been her mate. I mean, she has lived the sailor's life, and she has gone from port to port. What's but I mean, but the interesting thing for me is and country to country. Ultimately, she's not in control of her life. If the DOD, if the Navy says, "Kimmy, we're moving you from New Orleans to Shanghai," she says, "Okay, when do I leave?" Right? That's that's the life of in the military, right? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. It is. Uh, hold on a minute. I got to get the computer right. I'm not having a good Friday morning so far. I can't remember names. Must have been that stroke it's I had. It's 6:46, and I'm Shelley. It's that stroke I had this morning. It's 6:46. It is BS and BS dot show. That's what we do. It is BS, and that's not what you think it stands for. It stands for Brad and Shelley. 
It's because, and it's it couldn't be any further from the truth as far as BS is concerned. Because everything out of my mouth is a hundred percent real. I would never ever say anything that wasn't true, right, Shelly? That's right, Brad. You are true as the driven snow. <laughs> true as the driven snow. I don't think that's a good analogy. I, th- I think you. So I think that's a mixed metaphor, as they call it. <laughs> it's something. Okay, back to my high school teacher. We come to school one morning on first first day of class, and there is the most amazing motorcycle parked out in front of the school. And all of us guy dudes, you know, all us dudes, none of the dudettes were interested, but the dudes were like, oh, my God, that's the coolest motorcycle. It was a Honda CB750 4, which at the time was the most amazing motorcycle. It was a four-cylinder. At the time, I don't think there were any four-cylinder motorcycles any place four-cylinder motorcycle with four exhaust pipes two on each side it looked fast sitting still now you look at it, it looks like old and dated but so we go into class we go into class and we're sitting around like wow man that cool motorcycle we get into class and guess whose motorcycle it is it's mr azarola's motorcycle he tells the story that five days previous to to uh start of school he was in vietnam literally slogging through the jungles his day his because he got drafted his last day of service was what were like i guess august 28th or something like that because school started the day after labor day back in the day so it would have been like you know third fourth or fifth of september so like five days previous to that he was in vietnam last day of his a tour of duty he jumps on a huey huey takes him to an air force base he, he, he gets off the, the Huey, grabs his junk, guts, gets on a C-130, flies all night long to Seattle. They come across the Pacific, flies to Seattle. Next morning, wakes up, goes to a Honda dealership, buys, plunks down cash for a, and they just came out at the time, a brand new Honda CB754. Jumps on his motorcycle. Takes two and a half, three, three days to drive back to St. Louis. He gets in the night before school. Literally, he drives his motorcycle cross country. He gets in on like, you know, Labor Day would have been a Monday. So he gets on like Monday night, gets in like nine o'clock at night. Tuesday morning, first day of school, he's our teacher. And what does he do the first day of school? He shows us slides of Vietnam. He's got the slide projector. Remember the old Kodak's carousel slide projectors? Remember those? I do. And he's got slides of Vietnam. Oh, here's my buddy so-and-so. And and then what's interesting was he shows us all these structures that have that have been marked by the army. And they had two words on most of the structures. Like, you know, they were fences, sometimes they were buildings and stuff like that. And one of them was snafu, the other one was foobar. Do you know what each one of either one of those means? Um, I know what one of them means. Which one? Fubar. Okay. And it's effed up beyond all recognition. And snafu is situa- situation normal, all blanked up. Okay? You can figure out what that is. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. As they were essentially moving forward, they would mark like villages and things like that with these terms. Because the reason they used those is because it was like an army inside kind of term, but the VC, the enemy, didn't understand what it meant. 
they were like, what does that mean? You know, because so it wasn't like, you know, like, you know, they didn't put an X or something like that. They would just mark it with. And then sometimes even he showed a couple pictures of this. This was a carryover from World War, World War II. Kilroy was here. You know about that one? I know. I've seen it. I don't really know what the background is of it, but I, I, I am aware of it, yes. Kilroy was here was like a crude little drawing where they drew like a line. It looked like this guy who was like climbing over a fence, and he had he had his hands on each side of the fence, and he had a big nose, and his head was sticking over the fence. So in other words, he was like— You know, it's funny because— that was a thing back when I was a young girl. Well, it's actually from World War II. Uh, let me think. Really? Yeah. I remember that was one of the things you, you, you made a dog and you made that. You made Kilroy. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, here, let me see. Kilroy. Let's see if I can find an explanation. Kilroy was was here. Anyway, Mr. Azarola. How do I remember that? Um, and he made a real impression on me. And quite honestly, he was a good teacher. I can't even remember what class I had him for. Isn't that terrible? So this is why I think education sort of sucks. You take these classes. No, you take these classes. Um, here's Live Science, How Kilroy Was Here, Changed the World. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, Kilroy was here. Picture of he's got his nose uh, over the fence and he's got his hands and on his side. You don't see his mouth. You just see his big old nose and his two right. eyes. Long before the internet made viral marketing a cinch, one long-nosed character named Kilroy made his way around the world the old-fashioned way, becoming a legend among the millions of military men and women who served during World War II. The rudimentary doodle, which featured a balding head peering over a wall along with the tag Kilroy was here, popped up in unexpected places across all the theaters of war visited by American troops. While competitions to inscribe the graffiti in obscure locations kept the battle-weary soldiers busy and its appearances kept them inspired, the mysterious Kilroy character had Japanese intelligence officers and even Hitler himself worried over the seemingly ubiquitous ubiquitous guy. It was the same thing like like Mr. Azarola talked about. It was the same thing with the Viet Cong. They would put snafu in foobar and they didn't know what it meant. It was sort of like if you go back, there's that movie with Nicolas Cage, which didn't very do uh, do very well, uh, the story of, of the... Uh, I think it was the Navajo Indians who served in World War II. You know this story? I think it's called Code Talkers. You know what I'm talking about? And It's called Wind Talkers, isn't it? Wind. I think you might be right. I think it's Wind Talkers. And they got all these Navajo Indians and got them into the Army, and they were the ones who would talk back and forth each other on the two ways because of the fact that Nobody knew what the language was outside the United States, and nobody knew yes. what the language was outside of the Navajo Nation. So the Japanese and the and the and the and the Germans would listen in and go, "What language are they speaking?" And they didn't. It was like talking in code because of the fact that nobody in Europe could speak Navajo. It was sort of like it was like like okay. And you know, I heard something just the other day it was sort of interesting. I read all these interesting things talking about how there's a movement to bring back the native languages that they're dying off, that most of the people who speak the native languages, the various Indian tribes in the United States, are like over 70, and and literally they're dying and they're trying to teach young people the language. But the young people, guess what? They don't care. They're too busy on Facebook and on Twitter, not on Twitter, and on on TikTok and playing games. Okay, we have to take a break. It's 6.59. Ah, yes. It's not Christmas till you hear that song. (laughs) It's a lovely Christmas song. I'm sorry. Bob Rivers. (laughs) First time I heard that song, I thought to myself, what is that? I love it. (sighs) It's a little bit dated now because it talks about Madonna. Have you seen all these goofy pictures of Madonna's putting up on on the internet, on Twitter and things like that, on Instagram? Oh, my. They're so bizarre. I mean, it's like, okay. And you know what? 
I think Madonna's fascinating because if you go back and, and read her history, how she sort of clawed her way through the music industry and became this big icon, she's sort of been silent. I mean, remember she used to do the deal where she sort of recreate herself. You know, originally when she came out, she was like dressed as a little girl in the in the little girl costumes. Then she became like something. Remember, you know, she became, you know, Vogue, all, all the other different in, reincarnations of it. She was married to A-Rod. Remember that? Don't you remember that? I don't know if I do or not. Alex Rodriguez, you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> huh? Never mind. Okay. Um, how did I get talking about that? I have no I idea. I don't know. Okay. You know That's what? what? You do. I've decided that I am like President Obama in one respect. And okay. You're, and you're going to go, well, I got to hear this one. Where's he going with this one, I right? I was actually thinking those exact words. <laughs> I'm like President Obama. First off, I'm a man of color. And once again, my color is, and you witness this, my color is... Cafe latte. No, I'm mocha java. I'm mocha code... java, cafe latte, kind of the same. No, 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 no. There's co- coffee gelato, and there's coffee... Uh, there's three it's ones. gelato. Gelato, and there's Italian roast. I'm mocha java, 2004-7B. That's my skin color. We verified that with the with the little skin, with little chips, okay? Um so what he even shaved his hair and we, because, we put the chips down next because to skin you said to make sure we got the right you said you color range you said you can't tell my skin color because it's got these little it's got these little square holes in the middle of these little you know these i got this at the paint store okay i go to the paint store and i get these little things and i go through all the little colors and i try to find what my skin color is because i'm not white i'm not a white guy i'm a what what am i again shelly i'm mocha java i'm a man i'm yes. an moc i'm a man of color okay so I'm just like Obama. I'm a I'm a man of color. Okay, so Obama said at one point in time that he had his pen and his phone that he could rule with his pen. He can he you know in other words he was a president. He had a pen and a phone. Remember he said I got a pen and I got a phone. I can do whatever I want. I have a pen. I write down notes on my clipboard here at the radio station. I have a phone. So I love my phone. And I'm going to press a button here, and I'm going to see if it's going to go in the air. Here we go. We're calling someone this morning, okay? We're not calling. We're not calling. <laughs> we're not calling uh, Mr. Muscle Man. We're not calling him. Okay, I won't say who I'm calling. If they don't answer, I'll call back later. He probably won't answer. He never answers his phone. He's probably got it on. He's, I probably blocked on his phone now because I won't say who this is. You're funny. It's <laughs> the Google Fi subscriber you have called is not available. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, it's Cornelius Yukon Cornelius from the uh, Rudolph the Red Nose uh, Reindeer uh, commercials. Uh, anyway, give me a call back. Thanks. Bye. We'll call back later. <laughs> that was short and sweet. <laughs> I won't say who that was. <laughs> Someone has me blocked, <laughs> and it's a family member. How bad is that? How bad is it that when your family members have you blocked? Okay, that's call number one. Let's try call number two. Okay, uh, I don't know if this person's going to be up, up or not yet. Uh, let's see. Uh, and, uh, eh, here he is right here. Okay, let's try this one. Let's see if this one's going to work. Okay, making phone calls here this morning. I got my pen and my phone. I write these phone numbers down, and I put them in my phone, and I call. I can't go 0 for 2 this morning. That would really be disgusting. A discouraging, rather. Come on. We'll have to put these on the callback list. 
Circle back. Yeah. I don't think this one's going to work. It's probably asleep. Hey, thank you for calling. This is Bruce. I won't say who that is. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll call back both of those later in the show. 710. Call Brian Nieves. That's who I was calling right there. You ruined my surprise. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, that was Brian right there. I have a bone to pick with him because he's on his radio show and he's spouting fake news. And once again... Didn't he do that with (laughs) y'all? No, no, be honest with you. Um, Brian Nieves is this guy. He's like Trump. You either love him or you hate him. There's no in-between. If you you mentioned Brian Nieves in a group and if people know who he is, some people go, oh my God, not that guy. And other people go, oh boy, Brian Nieves. There's no in-between on him. Like I said, you either love him or you hate him. There's no middle ground. And um, God, it's been 10, 11 years ago, maybe more than that, maybe 12 years ago. He we did a show on what is now crap. We're on that radio station right now, KRAP AM 1350. And what's so funny is he'd never done a radio show before. And I'm telling you, he's a natural. And you, he's on he's on Tracy's station now. He's listening to the other. I haven't listened to Tracy's station in a while. I listened the other day, and I thought to myself, you know, I don't listen to Brian. What's that? Nothing. What did you say? Nope. You said something. I didn't. <laughs> you did. You said nope. something. Nope. What did you say? Nada. <clears throat> no, you said something. <clears throat> I said I don't blame. I don't blame you for not listening. Yes. You're being mean. They got their they got their new transmitter on. Oh, good! And you can actually hear it a mile away from the transmitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow! <laughs> 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 you can you can hear it farther than you can see it. You know that's you know a radio station's good when when you can you can you you can look at the tower and you can drive and look at the rearview mirror and when you can still. See the tower, you can hear it, that's good. But when you can't see the tower anymore, you can still hear the radio station, that's even better. That's one of those good things about life. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay, I have some new <laughs> some new drops that I got yesterday. Oh, my God. Where'd you get them from? <laughs> it's John Kennedy. Senator John Kennedy, okay? <laughs> okay, ready for this? Yes. Uh, this guy is, he's a quote machine, okay? These were all within the same interview. He did an interview yesterday, or actually Monday, I think. Or no, no, it was Tuesday. It was Wednesday. He did an interview once, some someday this week, okay? Here's here's drop number one. He's tough. He's tough as a pine knot. Tough as a pine knot. Have you ever heard that before? No. Tough. He comes up with all these legs. He's like, he's a senator from Louisiana. Name's John Kennedy, not the president, but he's a senator. Now, get this one. <laughs> oh, what ha- okay, here it is right there. He's, here's he's talking about he's talking about uh, people who are being mean to other people. You ready? Yes. They're beating on him like he stole Christmas. <laughs> They're beating on him like he stole Christmas. Okay. You ready for this one? Yep. Okay. Here we go. This is a good one. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. <laughs> Did you hear that one? He has oranges the size of beach balls. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Some people refer to certain parts of the male anatomy as oranges. The naughty bits? <laughs> yes. Here, I'll play it again. Okay. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. 
Okay. I I never knew that they did that. <laughs> yeah. That well, that's that's a southern thing. That's a southern thing. My husband's from the south. Well, never said but that. I've heard other people say it. You know, that guy's got oranges. That was that was the comment. That guy's got oranges. Okay. So and so you don't hear it too much anymore. But I think it was like an old south kind of thing. He's got oranges. And it comes from anyway. Who knows where it comes from? Okay, carries a handkerchief too. Okay, I have, I have, I have five of them. Okay, now, now that's the three of them from him. This one is someone sent me, which is if you've ever watched this on Saturday Night Live, it's probably one of the funniest things. Where it's Tom Hanks is on Black Jeopardy. Have you ever seen Black Jeopardy before? I have. <laughs> okay, and this is. This is Keenan asking, you know, who's he's playing the Black Jeopardy. He's playing Black Alex Trebek, and he gives the the answer. And here's Tom Hanks' answer. You ready? Here we go. He's you know he gives the answer, and here's Tom Hanks' question. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's go to Big Girls for two hundred. Okay, the answer there. Skinny women can do this for you. Doug, what is not a damn thing? Yeah, you got it. Did you get it? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, here, hold on. <laughs> One more time. Here we go. You ready? Okay. okay. Let's go to big girls for 200. Okay. The answer there, skinny women can do this for you. Doug, what is not a damn thing? Yeah, you got <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What? Did he say big girls? Yes, big girls can do this for you. Remember, this is Black Jeopardy. They all these crazy different, uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, big girls can do this for you. And Doug, being the only white dude, says, clicks his button, not a damn thing. <laughs> okay, now, here's one that you're not going to believe this. You're going to say, I made this one up. This is honest to God for real, Okay. We talk about Kenneth Copeland because he has the the famous quote where why he has a private plane. Remember that we talked about this. We played it just the other day. We talked about the fact that he claims he he has a private plane. Why does he have a private plane? Because he doesn't want to be in a log metal tube with a bunch of demons. Remember that? <laughs> That's what he said. Okay. Kenneth Gosh. Copeland has been addressing an issue that his church has had. Okay. Who? And the. Kenneth Copeland. He's addressing. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. addressing an issue his church has. Guess yeah. what? Guess what that problem is. I don't know. No black people. Black people don't like Kenneth Copeland. If you ever watch him, it's nothing but white people in the audience. There's no black people That's around. That's because they like Crefro Dollar. Well, no, no, but he. But in other Ew. words, he doesn't appeal to black people. Black people don't like Kenneth Copeland. He's like he's like whitey white bread kind of dude. Okay, so I don't know if you knew this. Last year. When the COVID thing was going crazy, he decided he was going to court the black audience by doing a rap about COVID-19. And you're going like, Brad, I think I'm getting my leg pulled. That's what you're saying right now, right? Right. So he releases this song and he released it at the black radio stations. This is Kenneth Copeland doing a rap on COVID-19. Okay, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. <laughs> you're, you're not going to believe it. This is you're for right. this is for real. I'm not making this up. Okay, here we go. You ready? Here we go. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. COVID-19. 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 
straight out of hell. Friday song. Is that good or what? It is. <laughs> it's Kenneth Copeland trying to appeal to the black audience doing his anti COVID 19 rap. <laughs> well, he could change a few, few, few specific words and have a whole nother meeting. <laughs> Am think, I right? No, you think I'm making that up. I'm, that's for real. That's a real, a real song he released. I, I believe you. <laughs> Hold on, my phone's going off. People are going like... That was my phone. Oh, that was your phone. People are going like, that's BS. No, that's for real. That's a real rap by Kenneth Copeland. Oh, my God. You know, uh, I I missed my calling. I, I think I would have done, done well as one of those, as one of those um, preacher kind of dudes, don't you think? Don't you think I could have do. done? That? Don't you think I could have done that? <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, what are you sending? You uh, McCloskey interview up today? Oh, <laughs> you, we've made the Missouri politics things. Did you see this? What? We've made the Missouri politics website. John Who? Combest. John, if you go, if you go to johncombest.com. J-O-H-N-C-O-M-B-E-S-T.com. Yeah, I like him. Every day at 7 o'clock, he, he's like Mr. Political. And every day at 7 o'clock, he puts up a list of all the important political things that happened the day before. So in other words, yesterday is now featured on today. We are on his list today for interviewing Mark McCluskey. <laughs> I have to see this. Uh, okay. <laughs> Where am I going with all this? Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit off track this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're not helping any. You're supposed to keep me on track. Shelly's the one who's supposed to. Me? Brad? Keep yeah. you on track? Yes. <laughs> I can't even keep myself on track. That's your right? job. <laughs> your job is to keep me on track. Okay. You don't believe that? Uh, hold on a minute. Oh, I see it. <laughs> see, we're, we're on his list. <laughs> We've made the... This is like where all the political, the political junkies... Uh, you know, uh, you know, are on this. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's, I'm going to ask you a question. And what's interesting, nobody knows the answer to this question. And this is sort of funny because they're everywhere. Have you ever heard of the, the company called Stellantis? S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S. Have you ever heard of that I company? I have not. Okay. Do you know what they make? No. They make cars. You know what kind of cars they make? What's their name? Stellantis, S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S. They make um, um, the stuff with Corinthian leather. They are a Plymouth, they have Chrysler and Dodge. They make Dodge trucks. This is the new company name for the company that owns Dodge and Ram and, and Hellcat and all those kind of things. Stellantis, okay? Uh, 
Here's the interesting story. And once again, I'm not making fun of electric cars. If I had money, I'd be driving an electric car right now. I wanted an electric car 30 years ago. That's how much I like electric cars. Stellantis is indefinitely closing an Illinois assembly plant in Illinois in February and laying off hundreds of thousands of workers. Not hundreds. They were laying off close to 1,000 workers. In large part, you ready for this? Due to the okay. high Due to the high cost of making electric vehicles, they're losing money making electric cars. They <laughs> the industry has been adversely affected by factors including the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the global microchip shortage, and the increasing costs related to the electrification of the automotive market, which it said was the most impactful. In other words, they're losing money by trying to make electric cars. And so this is a big plant. I believe this is up in... Um, is this in Belvedere, Illinois? I'm trying to think what city this is. Um, matter of fact, if you remember, they used to have a car called, yeah, in Belvedere, Illinois. They used to have a Plymouth Belvedere, which was actually named after the city. It was made in, made in Belvedere, Bel, Belvedere, Illinois. And they're closing the plant, at least temporarily. But they've given the notification under federal law that this may be a permanent closing. And right now, the plant produces... For the most part, Jeep Cherokees. But they're trying to convert this plant over to make electric Jeep Cherokees. And it's costing them so much money that they're just, hey, we're just going to give up on that. So I'm going like, okay, so you're not going to make How the electric. How could elect- you drive an electric Jeep Cherokee? Well, it's just like anything else. You know, it's like I an know, S- but I mean, you put it in four-wheel drive. You go four-wheeling. And electric, um, electric is not going to hold up to that. I got news for you. Most of the, the Teslas are four-wheel drive. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, most of the Teslas and most of the four, uh, most of the electric cars, um, not, not like the the Ford Lightning, which is the pickup truck, but the new GMC uh, Hummer um, is uh, four wheel drive, as well as I believe most of the Teslas are four wheel drive, and that was that's one of the interesting things about it. That's why the Teslas, there's these guys who are going to drag strips in bone stock Teslas. Literally, literally came off the the you know the showroom floor. They don't have a showroom at Tesla. Anyway, they're brand new Teslas. These guys are taking the drag strips and they're beating everything. I mean, these guys were showing up with these you know dual you know two turbo you know supercharged blah 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 with you know fuel injected with, and you know run, super power turbo boost running you know methanol the whole bit because they accelerate so quickly and therefore will drive. And they get traction on all four wheels. Matter of fact, almost all the new supercars, the new Lamborghinis and the new Ferraris and even the new Porsches, a lot of the new supercars are all four-wheel drive because of the fact that not to go off-road, but you go faster when you got all four wheels that are, are essentially propelling you. Uh, in other words, typically the supercars, you know, like the muscle cars were real, rear-wheel drive, had an engine in the front, transmission. And the reason why the electric cars are so quick is that they don't have any gearing. In other words, that's the that's the it's the crazy thing. It's like for example, locomotives you see on the on the uh, on the on they're pulling, you know, pulling trains. Those are electric. Did you know that? I did not. Yes. The diesel the diesel few uh you know, uh smoke you see coming out of it is from a diesel engine running a generator, a big old monstrous generator which provides electricity to the traction motors on the locomotives. They're all they're all electric now. Everything it's been like that for decades. Ever since the steam locomotives disappeared, they're all they're all run by big old monstrous electric generators. So we've got, you know, electric trains. I used to have an electric okay. train. I had, I had a Lionel electric train. <laughs> never, what? 
Never mind. What'd you just say? This show's going off the deep end. What did you just say? I didn't hear you. I said. What did I say? Cheeseburger. What? And two large coke. What did I say? I said. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. And then I said. He's tough. He's tough as a pine knot. And then I said. Nano, no, no. I don't know. And then I said. They're beating on him like he stole Christmas. And then I raised my voice like this, and I said. I was all kerfuffled. <laughs> That's a much better one. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody, I heard that on on Do TV go. the other day. Somebody was saying, he was all kerfuffled. I go, like, that's Shelly. But Do it wasn't go. you. Okay, we have to take a break at 727. It is BS.show. Shelly's all excited because I played one of her all-time favorite songs, Ice Ice Baby, right? <laughs> Yes. And you know, you know. It's a thing. Now, Shelly has been why well, we find this funny. Shelly brags about the fact that her daughter thought she was so cool because her mom knew all the lyrics, right? To Ice Ice Baby, yes. <laughs> yes. So Shelly's daughter used to bring her friends over. Mom, mom, this is Susie. Susie doesn't believe you know the whole lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. So Shelly would start boom, 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 and then she'd rap the whole song. And her and, and her daughter's friends would go, Oh my God, Mrs. Barr, you're amazing. You're so cool. <laughs> no. Tiffany, your mom is so cool. That's right. But speaking of someone who's so cool. And who knows all about Ice Ice Baby. Guess who it is. It's, it's Jack Frost. It's <laughs> Jack Frost. It's I Jack love that you were Frost. having me guess who I was. Yes. I, it, it was quite the dramatic pause. It was. But... It was. I was waiting for you to identify yourself as the. So when you were born, you were an Ice Ice Baby. Was that what, is that what it was? It's true. I was an Ice Ice Baby, and then I became an Ice Ice Toddler, and then an Ice <laughs> Ice Teenager. It was It was great. Those, those songs are not well known. You know, uh, Vanilla Ice, you know, got in with Ice Ice Baby, but then there was Melton John and Justin Tim. Timberflake and <laughs> of course all, all the teeny boppers love Taylor Snowdrift and all her ex-boyfriends right now. She's she's real hot, no pun intended, in the North Pole. Yeah, and that's not good in the North Pole, right? Okay. No, that's true. This is none other than Jack Frost, who is uh one of how many characters? We have thirty-four characters and eight singing groups. Eight singing groups? That's right. And how many Santas? We have about 11 different Santas and international gift givers from around the world. Heck, we even threw in Kwanzaa and Hanukkah there just for good measure. No kidding. That's all involved. And, and what this is all, this is all downtown St. Charles on Main Street, on the southern part of Main Street, uh, essentially from, if you know where the old uh, uh, Trailhead Brewery used to be. I don't even know what it is now. Anyway, from that point north is where all the action is. And it's tonight, Correct. It is tonight. We get back in the action tonight, this weekend, and then we have one more week after this and end on Christmas Eve with a big extravaganza. Which is a week from tomorrow. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Incredibly hard to believe. Where, where does the time go? Yes, I think Father Time took it. Okay, so tonight, it's from what time to what time? Sure. So tonight we will be on Main Street from 6 p.m. Central Standard Time until 8.30 p.m. And then uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we kick off with the Santa Parade at noon, go till 8.30, and then Sunday kick off with the Santa Parade at noon and go until 5. Now, next week, because Christmas is on a Sunday, so you're not going to do anything on Christmas, but are you, are you doing the thing on Wednesday? Is Wednesday night still open? 
We do. So Wednesday night is our special Christmas carol stroll. So yours truly won't be there. I know you're sad about that. But oh, Ebenezer Scrooge and all of the characters from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, including some that you can't meet on the weekends during Christmas traditions, will be acting out the story of Ebenezer Scrooge throughout the street. And you know it kind of looks like 1840s London on Main Street anyway. So it's really cool. You get to go. You get to experience his adventures with the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and yet to come. And it's a great time. So that will be on Wednesday from 6 to 8.30. And then a week from tonight, is it the normal thing on week from tonight? Yes, a week from tonight is our normal Friday programming. Now, in addition to all the characters you've come to know and love on Friday nights, including tonight, we have our Krampus Carnival. So it's all the European old world naughty characters. Hmm. They take over Santa's depot. So it's a little family friendly Halloween meets Christmas mashup. Interesting. And then and then a week from tomorrow, which is Christmas Eve, it's just yes. that's the Santa send off, right? That is the Santa send-off. So we are there for a few hours, so those who haven't been able to make it all season can come out and meet all the characters uh, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And at 1.30 at the gazebo, we'll be having our Santa send-off where we have a big pep rally with all the characters and send Mrs. Claus and Santa back to the North Pole via horse-drawn carriage. You know, now, I have to be honest with you. I've heard some interesting things about you. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but uh, I'm sort of a radio geek. And I put up last week, I put up a great big monstrous antenna on the roof of my house, okay? And I'm tuning around on my little radio and tuning in, and I picked up NPR. But it wasn't National Public Radio. It was North Pole Radio. And I'm listening to a newscast. You are quite the, the, the talk of the town in the North Pole. I mean, there's also... <laughs> Do you know you know what I'm talking about? This there's all sorts of crazy stories about you and Susie Snowflake. And not oh, only yes. that, there's a big apparently you have a grudge match with Yukon Cornelius. Is any, do you know about this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, redheads bother me in general because, you know, I, I like to nip noses. I'm in a twelve step program, but you know, it's not going well. <laughs> But here's the thing. Ever since when I was an ice ice baby and I nipped a redhead's nose, I thought, ah, they're gingers. They should taste like gingerbread. They do not taste like gingerbread. So very disappointing. And then Yukon Cornelius it, and the Bumble. I, see, thanks for bringing up hard memories, Brad. I, I thought <laughs> well, we were friends. I'm listening, I'm listening to National. I'm, I'm listening to North Pole Radio. I'm going like, man, this Jack Frost. It's, this is like listening to like, uh, you know, like uh, some kind of, you know, uh, tattletale radio, like, you know, like page six in the newspaper business or, or you know, the, the National Enquirer. I'm going like, man, this Jack Frost, he's causing all sorts of problems up there in the North Pole. I know. Forget Harry and Meghan Markle. It's all about me. They're all like, why won't Jack Frost marry Susie Snowflake? I'm like, it's because I've got cold feet. I can't marry her. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Frost, as always, thank you so much. Once again, if people want to find out more, what's the web address? Yes, stcharleschristmas.com.
and it's on South Main Street. Parking, uh, they closed down South Main Street, so don't think about parking on South Main. You have to park in one of the parking lots. You can park on the old casino lot, which is uh, now the, what the Lewis and Clark Boat, what do they call that? You, you know the official term for Yeah, that. the Lewis and Clark Boathouse and then the lower Ameristar lot, and there will be shuttles on Saturdays and Sundays to get people up onto Main Street. But they can still park on Main Street on Fridays and Wednesdays, but Saturdays and Sundays, there's plenty of free parking and a shuttle. You know what I always like about you, Jack Frost? Hmm. You're always chill. Oh, my God. Brad, act like Santa and leave <laughs> my presence. <laughs> Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Jack Frost. <laughs> he's he got it down or what? I mean, he really does. I mean, he's, he's, very, he's very cool. Oh, man. I'm telling you. See what I did there? He's very cool. Okay. He is. He's a very cool guy. Okay. At least I got a hold of somebody this morning on the phone. I'm well, gonna the try. other people were just Here, didn't I'm... want to talk to you. Yeah, they saw my name come up on the phone. So let's try this one more time. I'm going to try this one more time. Uh, I'm going to try both of them one more time, and then I'm going to give up. One of them is one of my family members. This one is not one of my family members, and I'm thankful that I'm not one of his family members because... I would be explaining too much because of the fact that I would be related to him, and that wouldn't be a good thing. Okay, he's not going to answer, I can tell right now. Normally, if he answers, he's answers like he's like one of those first or second ring kind of guys. If it goes to the third ring, he's not going to answer. Okay, we'll try a couple more times. Should I leave a message? Yes. Hey, thank you for calling. This is Brian. And um, while I do appreciate your call, I'm just going to be very frank. I hardly ever check my voicemails. So I'll probably check this, but really it would probably be best to leave me a text message at this same number. But anyway, um, either way, I appreciate your call and look forward to connecting with you. Why should I leave a message if you don't ever check it? Bye. <laughs> what a great voicemail that's, message. That's a really good <laughs> point yes yeah, like, hey i don't check my voicemail so here, here i'll text him that and put answer a n s w answer your phone okay where we go i'll send that to him okay anyway 743 it is a friday morning lots of good stuff going on crazy stuff can i tell you what happened to me last night sure i've gone on this kick i've sort of gotten off the hamburger kick and i went to captain d's again last night okay are you on a fish kick? I'm on a fish kick, okay? See, now that I can have lunch with you. Okay, I'm on a fish kick right now. So I go to the Captain D's, which quite honestly, on the customer service level of 1 to 10, they're about a negative 2. Okay, this is the Captain D's that is now closed on weekends. They have a sign on the drive-thru that says, we're only open from 10.30 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, closed on weekends. Okay, closed on weekends. Okay, so the other night, Tuesday night, I went there because I had the craving, and I order my two-piece fish meal with two sides, and I get French fries and hush puppies, and the lady tells me they're out of hush puppies. So How go, can you be out of hush puppies? Uh, they're out of hush puppies. So I'm going, okay, I'm going somewhere else. So I, I went across the street to Mickey D's, okay? So last night, I pull up, and I'm about car number three in line. I'm going like, okay, this is going to take four hours, and I get finally get my order, and I tell the lady what I want. I go, do you have hush puppies? She says, yep, we've got hush puppies. So, okay, I give my order. I get up to the window. They give me my order. Guess what? 
no hush puppies. They no, they ran out of hush puppies. And I'm going, what is this? And I even said to the lady, she says, well, I'll give you, a, I'll give you an extra breadstick. Okay, thanks so much. Not a hush puppy. I'm here for the hush puppies. How, how, yes, you know. I'm here for the party. I'm here for the hush puppies. I feel like I got invited to the big dance and nobody would dance with me. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm like in the final lap on the Indy Peter 500. Brady party. I'm in the final lap on the Indy 500, and just as I'm getting ready to cross the finish line, two guys pick up the finish line and move it to the other side of the track. I'm almost there, but I'm not quite. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how in the world can they run out of hush puppies on two nights of the week? I mean, I mean that's the only reason I go there for the hush puppies. The, chi- the fish is good. Their chicken's pretty good, too. But anyway, so... No hush puppies. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I don't. Is there is is shortages of things if ever going to end? I mean, like shortages of this, shortages of that. I don't think so. Was I that mean, like a supply chain shortage? I guess I don't know. I'm going like, where did the hush puppies come from? Isn't that just like breaded that they just stick together and throw in the deep fryer? Is it's that what a cornmeal? That's what I thought. It's like cornbread and that just, they stick in the fryer and they just throw it, throw it in the fryer, right? How how complicated is that to make? How can you well, be out of hush is puppies? Complicated, but how is it complicated? You just make you just ball these things up and throw them in the in the fryer, right? I don't think it's as easy as that, but okay. <sighs> I don't cook bread, so I don't know. Well, we need to find a hush puppy expert. We'll call somebody, see if we can find I'll that. ask David. Okay. Is he a hush puppy expert? He is. Okay. And ask him about oranges. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 746. Ah, uh, one of my favorite all-time songs. The late, great Dean Martin, Kick in the Head. God, that song's good. It really is. <laughs> I don't it's care timeless. how old you are. If you're 10 or 100 or anywhere in between, you got to like that song. It's just old school. You know, it's when a time when men were men and women were women. (laughs) I'll get myself in trouble for saying that. (laughs) Now there's 4,652 genders, and you got to watch what you say. Just like the the weird thing with the Sam Brinton. You know what Sam Brinton is? You know who he is? I don't. Okay, we won't talk about that. <laughs> He's been in the news lately, and it's sort of bizarre. It's just sort of weird and strange and bizarre. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Okay, 752. The smartest woman in the world sent me one of these websites that you can knock off certain things at fast food places. Let me read you two paragraphs. We're talking about Captain D's Hush Puppies, which twice this week I tried to get. The first time they told me they were out of them. Last night they told me they had them, but when I got out the window, they were gone. Okay, here's what it says. Homemade Hush Puppies are very easy to make. Against what Shelly says, if you're making batter dip fish, why not fry up a few Hush Puppies? They're simply fried bread made with cornmeal batter. Hush puppy ingredients are super common, so you won't have to run out to the grocery store to get what you need for this recipe. But just in case, this is what it takes. Self-rising white cornmeal mix, yellow cornmeal, buttermilk, sugar, white onion, salt. Oh, my, my phone moved. Hold on, I'm going to find it again. Where'd it go? I'm reading. Uh, hold on. You know, ads pop up. You know, how you ever had that where you're reading some ads pop up and things move around on your screen? Every white, darn day. White onion, salt, and vegetable oil for frying. And essentially what you do is it says you... Uh, da, 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 how to make hush puppies. Heat oil to 350 degrees in a medium bowl. Stir together white cornmeal mix, yellow cornmeal, buttermilk, sugar, onion, and salt. Use a cookie scoop to drop the batter into the hot oil. 
Fry for one to two minutes. Fry only a few at a time for best results. Drain fried hush puppies on a wire rack. That's hush puppies. And they can't make them at Captain D's. I'm going like, what's... And they're very crunchy oh. and then moist on the inside. They're delicious. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I got, I got the craving. I want to go back today, but I'll, I'm not going to go back and be embarrassed the third time. You know, I can't go back and go, okay, third time this week, hush puppies, you got them. Okay, one more time on this call. Let's see what happens here. One more time, and then I'll explain. If they don't answer, I'll explain who this is. Seven fifty four. This is BS dot show. I don't think they're going to answer. Oh, you answered. You're, hey, you're on you're on the radio, so don't say anything nasty, okay? Okay, I am on the train, so it might get really loud. I might you're on the train? What are you doing on the train? Going to work. Going to work. This is my son, Blake, who today is... Oh, come on, it's your birthday. What are you doing going to work? It's not a national holiday. Are, are you on a speakerphone or are you just on a regular phone? I'm on my headset. You're on your headset. Can I tell you something? You need a new headset. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> so, so you're on the T? Yep. And my son lives in Boston. This is my son, Blake. Okay. I, the audio is not real good, so I won't keep you long. I just want to tell you, happy birthday. Don't tell me how old you are because I don't want to know because that makes me feel real old. Okay. 32. 32. I told you not to tell me how old you are. <laughs> All right. 32 years old. Uh, I haven't seen you. Somebody tells me you look like the abominable snowman right now. Is that true? Uh, probably more like Sasquatch, but yeah. Like who? Sasquatch. Uh, you got real long hair now, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay, I can't hear you so well, so I'm going to just tell you, happy birthday I love you and I miss you, okay? Love you too. Okay, bye. bye. My son Blake, who's on the T in Boston, heading to work. Um, pretty bad audio. I'm sorry about that. But um I was so glad to hear his voice. I've never met him. I haven't seen him in two years. Isn't that bad? It's been a while. Yeah, I he, have to say it's been a while for you. He set the record with me where I think I moved him and I'm not exaggerating. I think when he was going to college and then he was going back and forth to you know, once he got his job um, in Kansas City, I think I moved him 15 times. And I'm not exaggerating because of the fact that it's like his first year in college when he's a freshman, he moves into a dorm and they tell everybody, okay, this dorm's only going to be here for this semester and then we're moving you to another dorm because they're going to renovate that dorm. So in his first year of college, he was in two dorms. So I moved him down to Columbia. Then I moved him... Uh, from uh, dorm A to dorm B. I don't know the name of the dorms. And then I moved him back. So first year alone, and then I moved him back down to Columbia. So the first year alone, I moved him four times. And then he, every year he had a different place. And he was on the five-year plan because, you know, he's the brainiac of the family. He takes after my, my wife, my ex-wife. Uh, and he's got the brains. And because she had the brains, I got nothing. I didn't get the brains or the good looks. She got, you know, he got the good looks and the brains from her. Anyway, um... He has a double major in computer science and electrical engineering. So it took him five years to do that. You know, and I'm not, I'm not begrudging him. Five years, I don't think I could have done it in 50. So then I moved him home a couple times. And then after, I think after his sophomore year, he got an internship at um, uh, Garmin in Kansas City. 
So when he was done with his school year, I would drive down to Columbia, pack up his stuff, drive him to Kansas City. He rented an apartment in Kansas City, moved into an apartment in Kansas City, and I'd come back home. And then at the end of the summer, I'd drive down to Kansas City, pick up all his stuff, and then move him back to Columbia. So I did that, you know, what, two years, something like that? And then when he moved to um, moved to uh, Kansas City, got a job at Garmin after he graduated, I think I moved him four times in Kansas City. And then the final move, which we just weren't able to do all the way because he moved to Boston, took a job with Amazon. So now he's with another company. He's on his third company. So anyway, he's my tallest of my four kids. I have three sons and a daughter. He is six foot eight. <laughs> How tall is your husband? He's six five. So this guy is taller than your husband. Can you imagine that? You know, I can because when I used to go to uh, Breadco as my office, yeah, there was a gentleman that came in, and I swear that man had to be seven two. He was so tall. I actually stopped him to see if I could take a selfie with him. <laughs> I mean, like he was no, like next. You standing next. Like, me times two. You standing next to him, if somebody doesn't know the reference, you makes you look like four foot eleven, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, his oh. name was Jay. Well, there's a picture of me and my three sons. I don't know what happened. It used to be on the internet, uh, on my Facebook page or something like that. My three sons are six foot eight, six foot six, and six foot four. Okay, I'm six two. And there's a picture of me with my three sons. We're all standing. And every once in a while, I'd run into somebody who'd never met me in person. And then when they meet me, they go, wow, you're tall. And I go, well, what'd you think? I was a shrimp. And they said, well, I saw your picture on the internet and you looked real small because I'm standing next to a 6'8", a 6'6", and a 6'4 kid. You know, yes, I look small standing next to them. And what's interesting is my oldest son has the body of a grizzly bear and my two younger sons are like basketball players. Blake is like a tall drink Your of water. Your oldest son has the body of uh, a, a bear. McCluskey. Yes, he has the body of, of Mark <laughs> McCluskey. Okay, we have to take our last break. Um, oh, I've screwed up. And then we have to say our goodbyes, okay? You know what? I'm going to come out of here. Going to do this. Going to do this. Okay. It is 7.59. Shelly, you know, I have to be honest with you. Every time I hear that song, I listen to it very closely. I listen to it headphones. And that guy was incredible. What a talent. I mean, the way he... He really was, and funny. He and, was a funny well, man. Yeah, he was. And the phrasing of the way he sings and the way he sort of... I, it's just like sort of hard to explain. I mean, if... Yeah, he, it really is. I mean, the guy's so good. Sammy Davis Jr., who, by the way, used to come to St. Louis. I don't know if you know the story or not. It's sort of become ancient history. But he was a good friend of Johnny Londoff Sr., and he used to come into St. Louis for the Variety Club Telethon because Johnny Johnny Londoff Sr. was always a big promoter of the telethon. And I think he actually paid to have Sammy Davis Jr. come in to St. Louis to entertain, uh, you know, when they did the telethon. I don't know if they do that or more or not. You know, the telethons are sort of gone. We still I do. actually think that they used to go to the Playboy Club to do that. Uh, I got a feeling your your father probably knew you. Now, is that your father or your stepfather was the Playboy? My father. It was the, he was the Playboy club, club manager. He probably met him at yeah. one point in time because, you know, back in the day when the important people came to town, where did they go? The Playboy Club. Darn right. And where did the peons like me go? White Castle. White Castle. Okay. <laughs> that's going to do it. Shelly. Brad. I know you were sort of the walking wounded this week. I appreciated being here every morning, except for Tuesday, but I'll give you a pass on that one. Thank you. I was 
I, you wouldn't have liked me on Tuesday. That's assuming I like you any day. Brad? <laughs> what? <laughs> I got to be me, man. Hey, did everybody see the the the, the uh, picture of, the, of me choking Brad? I got caught. <laughs> I get a lot of comments on that. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. And one comment was, somebody. I won't say who that was, but somebody called me up and said they were disappointed that you were trying to choke me. They wanted to see you throat punch me. They wanted to well, see. Well, I couldn't get the right angle because <laughs> they... it was like the speaker was there and then the table and I couldn't get the right angle, but you were just square, right, right. For a perfect choke. Yes, they wanted. To, they wanted to see the throat. And then she caught me. <laughs> they wanted to see the throat punch where where you got banned from Facebook because you said you were going to throat punch me, <laughs> which I still think is funny. Now, see, see, under the new regime at at Twitter, that never would have happened. Under the old regime. Do you think so? Oh, you know what? It's so interesting what's going on with that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, we haven't talked too much about the Elon Musk Twitter thing. What to me is. If, if you are a journalist, a journalism student, all I can tell you is watch what Elon Musk is doing because of the fact that this is going to be 10, 20, 30 years from now, journalism schools, if they're smart, will teach what's happening right now with Elon Musk and Twitter. I'm telling oh, you. It'll be, you know, it'll be taken away as part of our... Well, past. Yeah, well, the journalism professors probably all super liberal, so they hate Elon Musk, so they all canceled their Twitter account, so they won't care anymore. Okay. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Okay. I do. Okay, we got to go. I got oh. things to do. I got to go. I got to go buy my cornmeal so I can fry myself some hush puppies since hush I can't puppies. get them at Captain D's. Uh, I can't get them at Captain the D's. Chop, uh, but, uh, onions. <laughs> yeah, the onions. Um, you know, a little garlic in there, too, make it even better. Yeah, okay. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Happy weekend. Um, Brad, it's been a slice of heaven as usual. Peace and I fly. You know what I'd like to do on Fridays, Shelly? You don't really know this. This is the nerd in me. This is the DJ nerd in me, okay? What's that? On Fridays, I get to talk up a song. You ready? Yep. Here I go. 107.1 KSLQ. KSLQ FM Washington. KRAP AM Washington. K296 HA Washington. It is 807 I'm Brad, and guess what? I'm good. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.